you know what we should start this uh, episode off with? That song that just goes, Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Whose song is that? I don't remember who that is. Welcome to Behind the Sermon Podcast. Hello there. Welcome to the Behind the Sermon Podcast. I am here with Pastor Nate. Hey, hey. Pastor Steven. Hey, yo. And we have Elisa here, or as they like to call her at the Wyoming <laughs> missions trip, Pastor Elisa. <laughs> Hello. Uh, <laughs> Hi. To much of her awkwardness. Hello. Oh, man. Bright uh, red face. Welcome. Glad you're here. I love Thank adding you. new people onto the podcast. It's fun. Glad to be here. It, it, what got you the invitation to this podcast? I'm sorry? What got you the invitation to this podcast? Why'd they let you here? Or why'd they invite you here? I still don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to sound, I was trying to sound why, mean. It works based they on let you in here? <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Still don't no, know. No, I know why. Because I told him to. <laughs> yeah. We don't know why. But here Oof. you are. I'm just kidding. That's a lot of faith. Thank you. <laughs> How are you guys? Good. Yeah. We, we just finished all staff. So yeah. What is all staff just for people listening? So it's a once a month, once a month, right? Yeah. Once a month about. Yeah. Once a month we, uh, staffs and, uh, potential leaders of all locations and leaders of all location volunteers, they all come together in yep. one location and, Pastor Nate talks about, he teaches on a topic that people need to know. It's all leadership based. And yep. then the afternoon we spend uh, practical things that we can learn and do as yeah, a church. Yeah, that's good. So we talk through calendars and, you know, systems, things like that. All that fun stuff. Fun that, stuff. That yeah. we think is fun. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a good one. We were at our Milton location. So that's fun about it too. We get all of our leaders at different locations. I think that's always a fun time. Right. This uh, this week was our first week now not in Disney after five weeks of being in Disney World. That's uh, sad. I missed the pre-service music already. For, <laughs> Me too. It was so much fun. It was a really good series. Yeah, I think it closed out really well. I've heard a lot of positive feedback. So kudos, <laughs> Pastor Nate, for the idea. Share with me some of the positive feedback. Oh, I had a lot of people, Some just because it was so out of the norm, it it helped people tune in better. Like almost wake them up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a little bit of like, all right, I'm here. It's Sunday morning. I've been coming for a little bit. And then all of a sudden a clip from Little Mermaid place. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's like, oh, okay. And so they lean in a little bit more. And so they were like, I loved it because it just kind of like, got my attention and mm -hmm. made me, you know, really remember like to listen through and that this applies to everything. We can mm -hmm. even find it in our movies and all that. So I thought about uh, next year. So going one of two ways we could do like a, um, uh, an MCU villain. Oh yeah. But not, not necessarily equating it with a, um, a Bible villain, but maybe just something you need to watch out for, like mm. Age of Ultron, and then just be careful around technology. <laughs> 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 or the new Pinocchio. I watched the new Pinocchio last night. But again, he, it's 
your conscience. What happens if you go out into the world without a conscience? Mm. And then talking through that scripturally, because obviously scripture warns about that. Yeah. So I was thinking about that. And so the fox and the. Yeah. That'd be fun. So anyway, it could be continued. Yeah. Potentially yeah. doing it next year, at least in two years. I like doing like the little subcategories too, like trying to like the MCU version of it. And, 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 and even, yeah. So like Thanos, the real world demonic scheme to, um, to limit population. Mm. And so, um, so that's a real thing. Yeah. Trying to get people not to have children, trying to, um, trying, you know, abortion, trying to get Mm. like population control, Mm -hmm. which is a real thing. So that's something too that we could think through. Yeah. I like that. That's That's awesome. awesome. Now this, we just started this series. Do you want to talk through? Cause you, you said something a little bit. Steven said that the series was on the Holy Spirit. I think I, I I did say it, but I said it in the first, it was about the Holy Spirit. Then I corrected. It was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, so can we give a rundown of what this series is? Pretend I don't understand. <laughs> rundown of what this uh, this uh, series is about. So the series <laughs> is about the types of baptisms. Cool. You have baptism with fire, baptism with water, mm. and then there's a um, there's another uh, like Catholic church and some other denominations talk about baptism with blood. Yep. That'd be a wild week. I don't necessarily, which I don't agree with. Their theology is if you're martyred, um, I forget if you're martyred. I don't know because I, I haven't gotten to that point in studying it yet. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially salvation through martyrdom, which again, there's no salvation but through Jesus. Right. Right. So it's a weird, yeah, weird thing to have. But there is an idea of suffering. So anyway, well, that's cool. We could sing "Washed in the Blood." <laughs> Ready the for old it? That church song. Are you washed in the blood? <laughs> Let's just do in an entire set about blood the blood of, of the Jesus. <laughs> are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are, are you washed in the blood of the, of the lamb? lamb? All right, just hey, the first time possible. visitors. <laughs> are you washed <laughs> in the blood? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's perfect. We need to go back, not not calling out, but we need to. All right, all the women, and then all the women sing it. Now all the men. Those are the great things about the eighties. Those were the good old oh, days. Oh man, my church used to do that. There was a split screen with separate lyrics, and it was like, it was like you, call and response, like one saying or in a round. Is that what it's in called? A round, in a round, like the guys had to sing one part and the girls had to sing a completely different part. Yeah, you do it together simultaneously. Yes. Yep. So I got um, that would go over well. <laughs> Just tied to that, I got asked to to speak at a chapel at a Christian school the other week, and they sang one of the old songs that that did like in a round, and they were like, "Pastor Jeremy, come up and sing it with us." They started. I'm like, "You guys realize I don't know this music." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "You're gonna have to start on that side so I can learn this song," because they just assumed I knew 
90s. What was the song? I don't remember. <laughs> the he first one know. I knew, it was Father Abraham. Mm-hmm. And then the, it's the second one. Like I once I was like, oh, I vaguely heard this. Is this little light of mine. No, no, I've heard that one. Jesus loves the little children. Nope. Heard that one. <laughs> Either way, it was an awkward time had by, well, me, just me. It was all little kids. so They didn't care. Oh, but uh, yeah, it was funny. Either way, anytime you go into that realm of Christianity, I'm out. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sometimes I end up with a meeting with a bunch of like hundreds of seventy year old men, and they like all of a sudden bust out this old hymn, and then I'm like, "Dang, I know it." <laughs> <laughs> you like wear it as a badge of honor, like, keeping yes. pace. Oh boy, look at me. That's awesome. Oh boy. So we were in our first week. So that was baptism of Holy Spirit then. Baptism of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. This right. week is water baptism. Awesome. And we do have water baptism next week. Yes. Very exciting. So this in, one. In the next two weeks. Next two weeks. Yeah. Because if anybody wants to be, after I preach on water baptism, if they listen to it online or yeah. they're sitting there and it stews all week, they have a chance to respond yeah. right away. That's I love cool. that. I think that's really fun. So this was your week, Pastor Stephen, that you were preaching, and uh, I think I think you did a great job. I think you did really good. I th- mm-hmm. you seemed nervous. Can I say that to everyone listening? You seemed nervous for this week. Yeah. Uh, yes, I was in the beginning. I, w- I, w- I would say because it's always why I was nervous is because part of it was. Uh, I take my Fridays and Saturdays just when I preach. It's my it's my go away, pray, mm. you know, that day. But this last weekend we had amazing leaders retreat that happened. Uh so that that part that I normally do was not there. Mm-hmm. So I woke up like five in the morning on Sunday and then started praying and you know mm-hmm. just yeah. being yeah. alone and you know uh, might as well start writing this sermon <laughs> <I'm scared>. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know like that that was always there yeah. and then it's always uh not sketchy but it's different when you go not your location right, right? Mm-hmm. and right. to preach to pers- yep. people that you only see like twice or twice a year or thrice a year or like, you know, so I'm like, oh, so when I stood up in the stage and when I announced the baptisms of the Holy Spirit and they're like looking aside, looking to others, I'm like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So I was like, okay. But, you know, after that initial part, it was, I, it was just, I was like, all right. In my so mind, let's talk about this. Let's talk about being afraid of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. being afraid of the baptism yeah. of the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. I don't get it. All right. Mm-hmm. I've grown up in a Pentecostal charismatic church my entire life. I've never, I was never afraid, never afraid as a kid or teenager. I've never been afraid. Um, so talk to me about it. Help me understand. Talk to me from your experience. All right. But when you came to Christ, I don't know who wants to go first. Were you ever afraid and why? Uh, like what made you afraid of it? Yeah, absolutely. I was. Yep. 100%. <laughs> um, so when I was younger, 
before we were really Christians, we attended church for a little while. My dad worked for church for a while before we, before they walked away. I remember being at a church for some reason with the family. It was my aunt that was there. Um, and, and she was in the front. I don't know how to describe it. Thrashing herself around. Mm, yeah. During, during worship. I don't even remember like as a kid, all I remember, it's like in my memory, dead silence. She's just thrashing for no yeah. reason. Yeah. And I remember asking my grandmother, what is happening right now? <laughs> oh, she's just worshiping in the spirit. And I was just like, man, that is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was, I was yeah. just terrified. And I think that laid an impression on me to where even as I started to get involved, I loved being at restoration. I was stressed being at district events because mm-hmm. you're, you're pastor Nate, you're very, at which you teach it a lot. We don't fake it. We're not going to be fake about it. If it's going to yeah. happen, it's going to be authentic. And I always appreciated that to where when things happened, I would be, I'd feel that trigger of being stressed out, but I knew I was safe. Cause I knew if it got crazy, you would step in and yep. take it away. But you, you're not going to do that at a district event. You're not going to do that when we're visiting other churches. And so I don't know. I mean, where, I, yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I wouldn't. You're right. I wouldn't. The one time I should have, which was this year, I was going to, but I was like the 10th person in charge in the room. Yeah. And so I'm waiting for one of the other nine people. And so it was like the 14th person in charge in the room who got up and did something. <laughs> so I was appreciative. But yeah, someone was acting, someone was acting wrong. Yeah. Given a word of the Lord that was not a word of the Lord mm. and they wouldn't shut up. And I'm like, I'm in my, I'm out like on the floor praying and I'm like looking around, like there is someone who's in charge of this event. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of people in charge of the event. They need to go deal with this right. because it makes it bad for the rest of us. Yeah. Mm. In, so, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I guess I get why. <laughs> I guess in my, my experience is it felt chaotic felt chaotic. It felt like almost like you're with that family member where you don't know if you're going to say something or they're going to lash out at you. Like right. you're tiptoeing around the idea. So worship starts and you're like, uh, is anything creepy going to happen? Like, and that's how it felt to me. Is anything creepy going to happen? Yeah. And you know, what's it going to look like? And that chaotic like approach that it felt like just was, was really stressful. It was just very stressful. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's mainly well, I get For that. Me, yeah. I understand that. That makes sense. Alisa, you are not in your head. Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up in Baptist churches. I've, sorry, is the mic close enough? <laughs> um, I, I grew up in a couple Baptist churches. I've gone to, um, multiple different churches growing up. None of them were, were ter- churches that really taught on the Holy spirit too, too much, or at least not that I can really remember. Um, so speaking in tongues was never a thing. When I first came to a restoration church, I told my previous youth leader that I was going to be attending here. And I was so excited. Um, and what she said to me was like, just don't get caught up in all that speaking in tongues things. That is not of God. And at that point I'm like, what are you even talking about? I had, I had never even really heard of what it is at all. Um, so I just had that preconceived, this is bad. Don't do that. Cool. Cool. Um, so there was that piece of it. Um, 
you know, I didn't really grow up with it in the home. It just, it just wasn't like really prominent. I just remember, um, my, my mom used to go to Pentecostal slash assemblies of God churches. So she did know about it. She taught me just a little bit here and there, but I think, um, excuse me, because other people had told her that it was weird. Um, then she kind of started backing away from it a little bit. So she didn't talk about it much. I've only seen her about to speak in tongues once. Um, and because I had never experienced it, I'm like, what is she doing? What's happening? Um, so yeah, I think I, I, I grew up not knowing about it. So then I grew up thinking, okay, this is bad. Um, and then I, I think another barrier that we don't often think about is how many people try and protect others from them feeling like it's weird. So I've even noticed this in my own leadership. I don't want other people to think it's weird. So I try and like kind of bandaid some sometimes and, and, um, hyper explain it or use terms like, Hey, I don't know if this is weird for you or not. Um, and I think just saying that kind of initiates in people's mind that this is a weird thing. Right. So, um, you know, I've, I've actually, I, I even noticed myself doing that on Sunday. Like, I don't know if this is weird for you, if this is a com, a com, uh, topic that, you know, you've never heard of before that already initiates in people's minds. Like, Oh, this is, this is different. This is weird. Why mm-hmm. is this happening? So I think we can try and protect people and actually make it worse sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. I agree. What is your background, Stephen? Pentecostal, just like yeah. you, Pastor. Yeah. You said fifth generation. <laughs> yes. Sir. How do you know it goes back five generations? So I at least know four generations. Uh, Which is your dad? My dad. My dad's On your dad's dad. side? Uh, both, or your mom's Both side? my parents. Both sides. Uh, so I've seen them. I've seen last three generations of it. But two of them I haven't seen. But so my dad's dad uh, started that moment in our uh, in our town, actually. Oh, so cool. then, then it went to the next generation and next generation. So we, our church in India back home, it's like a home church. So all our families, like the heritage, the whole, it's the whole family they're attending actually pretty much. So got privileged to be born a Pentecostal Christian family. But as I said, at then I hated it, right? Because right. it's like six days a week I was at church doing this, <laughs> yeah. this whole thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, but growing up, like I, because it was normal for me, like people spoke in tongues, there was prophecies and words of wisdom and things like that. So like growing up, it was normal, right? So that's part of it in the nervousness on Sunday, because I grew up speaking in tongues. Right. I grew up praying in tongues. I grew up. So now coming here, it's different. So I had to really like sometimes at church even like I'm really protective, like thinking, processing faster. Hey, do not do it in public. Do not do it because my teaching last 29, you know, 26 years of teaching was, hey, this was normal. Mm-hmm. You outburst. Yeah. It's it's okay. But then last two, two and a half years, it's like, no, don't do this. Like (laughs) it's so even like in public settings, when I pray, I'm like, it's common for me to just 
you know, speaking tongues. And right. now I'm like relearning it. Even when I preach, even when I do transition, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like thinking thrice in my head, don't do it. It's going to be, you know, hindrance for the people that does mm-hmm. not know anything about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, so the part of that was there on Sunday. I'm like, even when I'm doing altar calls, it's easier. I'll just switch back. All right. right. And not forget about the settings, but even doing altar calls, even preaching, like when pastors preach in, in our country, they just preach and, you know, it's normal. It's right. Right. So for me, I was like, I'm, I was controlling a lot. Like just mm-hmm. don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> preach it. Just preach. Don't do it. So part of all that was in my heart, you know, because already it's a, it's a topic that people are like already like, I don't want to hear. I don't want to do anything about it. You know, I don't want to, but you know, just talking through that. And in my heart, I'm like, all this is going on in my head and things like that. I think on Sunday, one thing you said, and I'm trying to connect the dots, but based on what you just said, so it's easier for people. They're like, well, I'm just going to go to a church where I don't have to deal with that. But then, mm-hmm. based on what you said on Sundays, you're saying to God, I'm, I'm just going to neglect this part of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but. Yeah. Uh, so what I said was, uh, we said, it's weird. We said, hey, Holy Spirit is awkward and we just neglect that part. Part of it is uh we verbalizing, uh, you know, we don't need God. Mm-hmm. We don't need him because we are saying, Holy Spirit, we don't need you. I need God the Father, yeah, Jesus yeah. the Son, but Holy Spirit can wait. Mm-hmm. So we are actually saying it, God can wait. I don't I need I think a lot part. of times those people think the Holy Spirit is much more yeah. of a... Um, like a force. Like, like a passive... I he doesn't do anything. That's just the feel goods. Like that's yeah, just yeah. the, I'm not alone motto. Like I have yeah. the Holy spirit, like people like the Holy spirit at that level. And so when you start to think through like that, there's an active role the Holy spirit plays. Right. Again, I think anytime we push people outside of, no, it's not something passive. It's something you can actually mm-hmm. do and partake in. Like there's all of a sudden now awkwardness within yeah. it. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's the advocate. He's the comforter. Um, I make a really good case that he's the discipler. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, that advocate, what is he, what is he doing? We, we know he's making us more like Jesus, but we never think about the Holy Spirit as discipling us, mm. but he is every day. He's yep. discipling us right. if we allow him to. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Alisa and Jeremy, you guys received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you went from fearful. Is that something that you're still praying about? Or is that something that you've? Yeah, no, I, I have. I've received that baptism. I don't know if there's more you want me to say before I point at Elisa <laughs> to answer that, but here. Um, yes, I have. <laughs> yep, that so, has been a recent thing over the past, I want to say, a year. So how do you go? How did you go from being afraid to even being willing to pray about it, or maybe you didn't pray about it. Mm-hmm. God just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or um, or to praying about it to then receiving it. Like, easy to take time. Talk us through that. Yeah. So, um, 
the the whole me not knowing about the Holy Spirit before I came to Restoration Church or knowing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit too, too much, that's only a portion. Um, as I started learning more about it and and, you know, desiring that for my own life because, you know, as people tried to explain to me, you know, like it's, it's not something that you need to be on good terms with God, but it's something that will change your relationship with God forever. And I'm like, well, that sounds exactly like something I want. So I go on this search and, and this, this prayer for, for God to, to grant that in my life. And it just kind of wasn't happening. And there's all these sermons, all of these pastors that have, have spoken about it. Um, one I, re- I remember distinctly, he said, it's just like no big deal. You just ask for it and he gives it to you. Why does, why does everybody keep saying it's his timing? That's not true. And I, I actually went to him after and I'm like, so what do I do? Like, if it's that easy, what do I do? You just pray for it. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. But there was, there was like, that's not clarification to me. Right. Um, so that was really hard. And then I remember at a worship night, someone just randomly comes up to me while I'm worshiping and says, do you want the baptism of the Holy spirit today? And I'm like, well, yes, I've, I have been praying for that. It's going to happen. You just wait. All right. Lift up your hands. She literally held my arms and held them up in the air and kept saying like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like you just believe. And my anxiety like starts building because I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Um, meanwhile, this girl that I really don't know is holding up my arms and it was just, um, kind of traumatic. <laughs> like, it was just, they held up your arms. Yes. Leg- oh. Legitimately. I, I wasn't holding them up. She <laughs> held my arms up and it Case. was, it was kind of traumatic. Is so this person still attend. No, <laughs> I'm really curious. You can't obviously say on the podcast, but do sign language. Spell it out. Spell it out. We'll talk about it later. Um, And, you know, like she she didn't want that. I understand that she was just trying to help in that situation, but that caused so much anxiety for me. Um, And I think probably God had a, I think God probably was going to do it that night, but sometimes we take God's message and- because maybe we get nervous or maybe we, so we can, we can botch it. We yeah. can botch it for people. Yep. The, um, what's the scripture? The prophet is subject to the, what's the, I'll look it up. You keep talking. Um. So, you know, fast forward a long time. I just became almost bitter about asking mm-hmm. because I was never receiving. I didn't know what I was doing wrong. Everybody says you're doing nothing wrong. First that, Corinthians 14, 32, spirit is subject to the prophet. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit doesn't make us weird. We're the weird ones. Holy Spirit yeah. doesn't make us weird. He doesn't make us right. hold people's arms up. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, absolutely. If something wrong happens, we can't say, oh, God made me do it. Right, absolutely. Like, that's only in the Old Testament they get like away that. with saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was it was hard for me to even ask. So we get to an all staff. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're asking asking, you know, there, there was this moment where it got opened up to request for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I did not mean to, I, I just physically broke down sobbing. 
Um, and I think that was kind of God's way of making it the physical evidence that I needed that in that mm -hmm. moment. I couldn't hide anymore. You all saw the ugly cries coming from my soul. Um, so that just opened up a moment where everybody so graciously and so compassionately um, prayed for me and walked me through it. Um, and as, as I was, I was trying, as I was trying to seek the Holy spirit in that moment, you know, I had my friend Anna who was like, yes, thank you, God, you know, with, with every thing that came out of my mouth, um, which wasn't much at the time, but just, it was confirmation. And out of all of that doubt that I had, I needed that confirmation. Mm. So, um, that was, that was one of the greatest experiences that I'm so incredibly thankful for our leadership for, for the team here. Um, because if people weren't that gracious and that patient with an ugly crying human in your circle, I don't think I would you got experience with the that. Holy Spirit at a staff meeting. Yes. Yeah. And what was that like? What, what did it feel like? What was it? Was it scary? Was it? Um, yeah, it, it was, it wasn't as scary as it was. Um, you know, is it, is it really God or is it just gibberish? Um, and I, Jeremy, I actually think you came up to me after and you said, don't deny what the Holy Spirit just did in you because I used to do that. So yeah. don't do that. Don't yeah. say, oh, maybe it happened. No, it happened. Um, and, and that was just that, that extra bit of confirmation and, and guidance that I needed. So it wasn't, it wasn't too, too scary as far as like what was happening. It was scary because I was asking again and I was anticipating okay, am I going to be disappointed, you know? Um, or is, is this something God wants to do in my life right now? So just the the journey of having patience with God's timing has been crazy, but we've arrived. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Pastor Jeremy, what's your story? Yeah, so, so mine, I think me being filled with the Holy Spirit, it was very private time, which I think it, it needed to be. I was pretty far in serving at the church, being a worship leader often at a Pentecostal church that believed in this. And there was a, a level of embarrassment that I hadn't been able to receive that mm -hmm. within me. Like <clears throat> almost not a level of shame because no one was doing that to me. No one was like talking it down if you don't. But there was this level mm -hmm. of like embarrassment of like, come on, yeah, you, sure. can't, you can't do this. You're at a church that believes this. And so I remember, you know, going up for prayer when we had the guest speaker, Jason Cooper, and he spent a while on me. <laughs> like <laughs> he was going down the line. He stopped, he stopped at me. And that was one of the times, you know, which you live and you learn, right? So one of the things we did wrong was we, we did like, we had a camera. So people in the back could see things happening. I had the camera on me mm. while we were praying through it. Just felt like the pressure's on right now. I'm beat red. Mm. I'm like, I got to do something. But in the back of my head, I'm also thinking I will not do anything if it's not God. I won't, I don't want to fake this. Like, you know, guest speakers do this. I'm not saying he does anything wrong, but putting pressure when he's praying, you know, maybe you'll fall back. Maybe you won't. So I plant my feet. I'm like, yeah. I'm not, if I'm going to fall over, God's going to swipe my kneecaps. Like I, it is going to be him. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And so I remember like sitting down after hey, and uh, I. Guys just spoke to me to swipe your kneecaps. Signed <laughs> <laughs> in the spirit. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I, I just, I was pretty defeated then. 
And I remember sitting down, my sister was there. She was not a Christian at the time. She didn't believe it. She was just there visiting because my brother-in-law was there doing the camera. And she was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, why? And she's like, you seem wrecked right now. Like you seem really upset. And I'm like, no, I think I'm fine. And I just kind of sat there. So then when I, it was probably, it was years later that I was like, I'm, I'm ready to try this again. I want this. It was after, I think you spoke about the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't think it was the previous year's sermon, but but before you had spoken about the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to pursue that again. And so I thought I'm going to do this completely private. No one will know that I'm, that I'm pursuing this because I want it to be between me and God. I don't want someone, you know, it was almost the opposite of you. Like, I don't want someone coaching me on because I think I'm going to start. I'm nervous. I might fake this. And and I was really anti that. There's just something in me that wants to know that I know that it was God. So I started reading devotionals about it. I started studying even people who didn't believe it, what they thought, people that did. I was asking you questions about it, just trying to decide for myself, like, do I find this is a thing? I'm going to keep praying for it. And I was still feeling really defeated. And I remember I got a text from a church member. Um, while I was in the study, I was out for a walk, just praying. I got a text from a church member. Hey, I have no idea what's going on in your life. God wants me to let you know. Keep pursuing exactly what you're pursuing. Wow. He has it for you. That's so and, cool. Yeah. And so, and I even like, I tried to like, do you tell you what? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and he just didn't respond to me. Um, and, and so I thought that was really, that was a huge confirmation for me. And so that night I was reading through, Haley was asleep. I'm just in my bed and I'm just praying and I'm like, I just want this so bad, God. I just want this so bad. I either want this or I want some proof that it's not actually a thing so I can go and like figure out what it is. And I remember reading and I can never find it. So maybe I, maybe it was God just like giving instruction or if I remember actually reading in scripture, talking through like praying in the spirit is like giving this sigh, giving this sigh that just kind of becomes the spirit praying for you. So I just took this deep breath and, and breathed out and just, just felt warmth. I just was, was so warm, so calm. My heart slowed down and it was not like a, like filled with the Holy spirit. I want to run a lap. It was like, let me calm every piece of anxiety about this situation you have. And this sigh meant like everything to me. Yeah, (laughs) It was just a sigh with a couple, you know, with a couple consonants in it. And I was just forming something and Mm -hmm. it just became this one simple thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after that, I woke up that morning and I thought, you know, exactly the same thing I was telling you. I thought maybe that didn't, maybe that was just me. Maybe that was. And so I made, you know, I made the point to tell my friend, Sam, we were at the gym and I said, (laughs) it was like weird. We're like at the gym trying to work out. Hey, uh, by the way, I was was filled with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) and 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 he grew up in ag church so he was like that's awesome tell me about it and so i told him and so that that was one of the greatest things because even later i tried to convince myself that it was me Mm -hmm. and sam brought it up to another group of people hey tell them tell them your story jeremy tell them your testimony Mm -hmm. that happened to you this week then i had to tell my my whole circle group and then i had to tell you know and so it was like telling that one person right away really helped me yeah. own it, own that miracle. And so yeah. because it was so private, I could have written it off. Um, and <clears throat> I find myself in that same kind of way. So I wouldn't, 
I right now would not have the same temptation as you, Pastor Stephen, to be preaching and just switch to praying in tongues. Mm -hmm. When I want to, I think I need to be just me and God right now. Mm -hmm. And I just need to, to center in on that. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at currently in my process of that gift. Nice. The scripture may be Romans eight twenty six, um, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit Spirit prays prays for for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Yes. There is a translation somewhere that says sighs. Yes. So somewhere I found that and that scripture helped me so much seeing like, because again, you always need to think about like the why, why does this need to exist? So Mm -hmm. that scripture alone, like, well, you don't know what you need to pray for. You need to let the spirit pray for it. And so what I read in that scripture, felt like instruction, like, just give it the sigh. Yeah. Just just calm down, pray for the spirit and give it that sigh and let and let the spirit kind of take over from there. And that's yeah. that's kind of what it was for me. Wow. Well, thank you guys for sharing. Yeah, of course. Your stories. We and that's what we want. I think the way you both expressed it. Um no one pressured you. Right. I mean, well, not the first, not the last time anyway. <laughs> yeah, not right. When it, well, not when um, it worked. There was but pressure. for you, your heart, and that's what I tell people, just say, God, if you have this for me, I want it. And yeah. that's yeah. just been a posture of our church. Yeah. And so some people, they've never had it. They're uncomfortable with it. I said, it's no pressure. Like, yeah. you just read it in the Bible and it's throughout. And then just say, God, if you have this for me, will you give it to me? Mm-hmm. And, and so then it's the pressure off. Yeah. And that's all I want for the people of our church. Yeah. yeah. Stop being afraid of something God has for us. It's a gift from God. And it says in scripture, who of you is a good father? If your child asks for a birthday cake, you're going to give him a poop sandwich. No one. I mean, it's the the message translation. Yeah, I was gonna say that's no one's gonna. It's a translation that. I'm working no on. No father is gonna do that. <laughs> How much more our heavenly Father, who's perfect and loves us unconditionally, if we ask Him for a gift, mm-hmm. He's gonna say, "Oh, you'd like to be closer to me? Let me make you a weirdo." <laughs> right, and that's yeah. what people are afraid of. I don't yeah. want to be a weirdo. I don't want to be. I don't want. How do I know it's God? Like. No, it's it's God. And in the moment you feel just like Abram described at summer camp, like it just felt really good. Yeah. Mm. Just in the deepest parts of your heart, you feel the warmth and goodness and love of God. And then that's all, that's what the focus is. You're not like, it's all over. And you're like, that was weird. I spoke in another language. No, that's not even in your mind. You're like, wow. Am I yeah. immersed in the warmth and goodness of God? Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And I love that way of of explaining it. You know, like we search after this because we love Jesus and, and Jesus wants to grant that in our lives because mm. he loves us so much. Um, and not only does he love us, but he knows us. So everybody's story is going to be completely different. Everybody's journey is going to be completely different. Yeah. The way it happens in your life is going to be completely different. Um, and I think that's so important for people to know, because like, even when you said there was this warmth that came over you, um, Jeremy, and for me, I didn't, 
you know, I didn't get any feeling in my stomach. I didn't get any warm feeling. I didn't Mm. get like any physical, tangible feeling. Um, So the way that, that God does that in somebody's life is going to be different for every single person because he created you completely individually with, with um, you know, everything that makes up what he needs you Mm. to be. Um, So I, I think just being for me, if I could tell people anything, it would be don't stress about what that needs to look like for you. Don't think that there's certain check marks off of it. You just spend time with Jesus and he's going to do in you what, what he needs based on who you are. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if you guys wanted to try and talk about too any, um, any pieces of concern that you've heard that maybe it's a comment, you know, frequently asked questions time of like, Hey, these things are what's normally brought up. Can we talk about, can we talk about that stuff in our, in our remaining time? I just feel like there's probably still questions about the Holy spirit because it's hard to like just preach an entire message addressing every single question. No, that you could have. There's, yeah, there's no way. Right. So it's really hard. So I feel like there's some pieces that would be nice for us to debunk for people who are, I think in that way. So like one, are you, you know, I'm just trying to think through a couple, like, are you a holier person because you speak in tongues? Like, are you right. more spiritual than another person because you speak in tongues? Maybe the answer is yes, but like just to talk through that. So am I a lesser Christian if I don't speak in tongues? No. Absolutely not. Are you a lesser person at Restoration Church if you don't speak in tongues? No. Are you a greater person if you do speak in tongues? No. Are you a greater person at Restoration Church? Are there more opportunities for you? No. My concern as I lead this church, I want people pursuing God. Mm-hmm. If I think if you say, um, Holy Spirit, I'm never going to talk about him. Pastor Nate, I'm never going to pursue him. I never want him. Well, then probably let me help <laughs> you find you another church yeah. that's going to hold you back. But if you say, because I'm not the one who hands it out. If you just say, yeah, right. I'm willing. If God wants to give it to me, I'd receive it. Perfect. That's all we ask. Yeah. And then you, and then you, you know, and then we get to busy on the Great Commission, reaching people, saving people, discipling people. That's yeah. our, that's our task. Yeah. I want to add to it. Uh, just because we have the Holy Spirit doesn't make us holy, right? So it says nobody's perfect in the Bible. Yeah, so even me, uh, even us, right? We all commit some form, some shape of sin every day. Nobody's holy. Do we not have the Holy Spirit? We do have the Holy Spirit, but we still do it unconsciously or consciously. Our talks, you know, we fall short of it, but, you know repenting and coming back to it makes us holier than uh, than our previous days. Mm-hmm. So uh, just because we all carry the Holy Spirit, I don't think uh, it's it makes us elevate us from the position of where we are to a greater position, mm-hmm. you know, That's so. And the, and speaking in tongues is, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is evident, like a, a, a tangible evidence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you don't have him in the first place, you know? So if, if, if you can't 
do that yet. If that's not a part of your journey, it doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Spirit. Like you, you, you do. So it doesn't make you holier, but I think it does expand your relationship with the Holy Spirit and expand your understanding a little bit more. So I like illustrations, right? And <laughs> I'll dig into them. <laughs> I've been thinking through this one that I'll kind of commu- that we'll talk through, and I'm sure maybe it has some errors, and I haven't had much time to process it. But you know, you can get married, and you can be in love, and you can have closeness in your relationship, be best friends, forgiveness, communication, do devotions together, pray together, and be deeply in love, be married for a long, long time, and never consummate your marriage. It would be weird, right? But you could do it. But you could. I'm, there probably is people who've done it just based on on accidents and sicknesses mm-hmm. and illness. Yeah. Probably it's true. But the consummation of the marriage brings in a spiritual depth, the oneness of one flesh, mm-hmm. the, and 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 the closeness and the relationship. It doesn't make the relationship more or less holy, but it adds a depth right. to the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think spirit baptism is like you can you can follow God the rest of your life, but I think it just brings a a a spirit to spirit closeness with God. That's just a different experience. Yeah. And that's probably the, anyway, that's my off the cuff thoughts on that. Yeah. That's a super solid way of explaining it. Like I'm, I'm definitely pro analogies and stuff like that. That makes sense. You know, not to mention like, who do you want praying for you? Do you want to just pray on your own strength, like praying for your own things or do you want the spirit of God praying for you? Like, I would rather that, mm-hmm. you know, you think through like, I don't know, is this prayer selfish? I don't know. Am I just praying this because I want more money? Okay. Well then if you spend some time, you know, just in the spirit praying, like that's just the Holy spirit praying for you. Right. What a, what a great way to go through life. It doesn't make you holier, but there's this, there's this deeper prayer that you're able to have of like, things God's praying over me. I don't even know about (laughs) that are protecting me. That's building me up. You know, I think you kind of answered it, but that was the other question is thinking of, do we have the spirit? If we're not speaking in tongues, does the spirit exist in our walk? If we're not speaking in tongues, I think uh, I mentioned it in the preaching. Uh, A lot of, a lot of, even growing up, I thought about it that way. Hey, if I, I'm, I, I'll only have the spirit if I speak in tongues, you know, and that was my teaching, you know, mm-hmm. and my church specifically, my church, like they were typical Pentecostals. Like you do this. If you don't, I'm not serving you a communion. Uh, you you cannot be playing in the band. You cannot be doing this. You have to wear white. Uh, it, it was just straight, but, you know, studying through it, you know, one person will receive the Holy Spirit when he repents of his sin and makes uh, Jesus as his personal Savior. And I I think even that making of the decision is prompted by the Holy Spirit. Our flesh will never say that. You know, mm. our flesh, because of our evil nature, our flesh will never say, yeah, I want you to go back to Jesus. You know, it's the Holy Spirit that is prompting us to take that decision. So I think uh, 
you know, Holy Spirit will reside in us when we say, yes, Jesus, I'm mm-hmm. accepting you as a personal Savior. He resides in us, but as I said again, he will be a roommate, but to make it into a soulmate, it's a process. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, if we go back to the wedding thing, right? So your wedding, by the power vested in me, I now pronounce you husband and wife. You don't say six hours in six hours mm. after you consummate the relationship. <laughs> no, at that moment, you're husband and wife. Yeah. And the the second part happens, it happens later. That day, a couple mm. days, yeah. eventually, hopefully, see a counselor. The... Um, <laughs> But the, but your your husband and wife, at the moment of the vows, and when right. you give your life to Jesus, you you the Holy Spirit, the resurrection power of Jesus is within you. Yeah. But then there's another experience later that yeah. you are welcome to participate in, and that's yeah. receiving the baptism. Yeah. And I think that's what gets people. Well, I already have the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I already have a wife. Absolutely. But can I let you in on a little secret? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I tell you something you didn't learn because you were homeschooling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, Yeah, but I yeah, I think it's the just the mentality of the people. I think the the one thing that makes me always scared about the idea of like falling too heavily into that belief is we have to also admit like that might get people off the hook to say like, cool. All right. I have the Holy spirit. I don't need it. Right. But we still have to admit to the fact that the first, when the Holy spirit came, when Jesus sent him, right. What happened? So they were filled with the Holy spirit and they began Mm -hmm. speaking in tongues. They started prophesying to other people in other languages, like all this stuff happened. So to me, like, to take the portion of like, I already have the Holy spirit. We're fine. is like, you're only taking half of what happened. And even talking through with you, when I asked like, do I have to speak, do I have to speak in tongues for it to be baptized in the Holy spirit? And you were like, read through the Bible. Every time it happened, then they spoke in tongues. Well, who are we to say that it just changed, right? right. Every instance where they talked through it. And so I don't want people to feel like I think they're there's like one in acts where it says they, and they've, we're filled with the Holy Spirit and it didn't say and spoke in other tongues. Like yeah. there's, there's one, but the rest of them, right. I'll say it. Yeah. So just think, feel like I, I don't want people to feel like they're off the hook either of, of right. like, Oh, I don't, I don't actually need to pursue it. I'm fine. I have the Holy Spirit. So that's I, a, 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 you know, an assembly's core belief that when it, the moment you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, They'll, you'll speak in tongues and that's how you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of the times we feel good with God, but that's when, how you can tell the difference. The yeah. moment you receive that, you'll speak in other tongues and that's a key. That's the key that it's happened. Yeah. So just like the, you know, the initial physical evidence of water baptism is you're wet. Like that's how you know when it's while the water is dripping off your head, <laughs> That's how you know you were water baptized. Right. <laughs> right. So this is, it, it's the way that you know. This so if it hasn't happened, measure. yeah, you have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, that hasn't happened yet. 
you know it hasn't happened yet if you haven't spoken in tongues. So mm. there's still something else for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've had some friends and family members kind of get bent out of shape about that part. Like, and, and get like, I feel like they get prideful about it. Like, who are you to tell me I didn't receive the baptism of the spirit? I'm like, I'm not telling you, I'm just trying to study scripture and understand scripture. And it seems like that's what, um, that's what's outlined there. The other third thing is the gift of tongues with interpretation this is where it confuses people because right. because it, not everybody this is not everybody has that gift yeah, right. and and that's another whole separate thing that's not a prayer language that's a public that is a piece that people like oh yeah that church is crazy they they pray in tongues don't they know if there's no one to translate interpret, it yeah. interpret it that it's not of god like they say that with with People speaking in tongues. I've heard that as a mm. yep. as a kind of debate through it, and so you're saying two totally separate, two totally yeah. separate things. I think there's a principle there. That's why we don't just outburst. We that's why I don't pray in tongues from the stage from the microphone. All right, because if I have the microphone and I'm praying in tongues, then in a corporate setting, then I'm saying there should be yep. an interpretation, but my prayer language. It, it it's just a separate you use it as a separate context and again it helps it not to be as confusing for people right in your personal setting it's it's edifying you yep your prayer language will edify you uh, your prayer language will speak in behalf of you pray in behalf of you yep but in your in the corporate setting when it comes it's it should follow you know like or else you're hindering the walk with your brother right and yeah. if there's something that hinders, mm. you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So yeah, like even now, as I said, growing up, I'm pro Pentecostal. So even now, like when the worship is going on, I do speaking tongues. Nobody hears. Right. You know, you, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to know that you're skilled pro Pentecostal speaker yeah. <laughs> speaking right. tongues yeah. person. Nobody does know. It's between you and God. If you're trying to show off your skills in speaking in tongues and, you know, how much you have, then check your heart, right? Check your heart. God sees your heart. So you can still, you know, come to church and speak in tongues, but internally pray in your own language, but not like outburst and interrupt and disrupt the service. So we're running out of time. I thank you guys for sharing. So... Uh, any book recommendations? Hmm. Well, we have our guest speaker, Ty Buckingham, that had yeah, from last two, different, year. two different books. I don't remember. One was The Holy Spirit is Not a Bird. Yep. And yeah. I don't remember the other one. <laughs> Me either, but that had a pretty cover. Yeah, he does find good designers for those books. Asher bought that book and gave it to his second grade teacher last year. He brought it to school and gave it to his <laughs> wow, teacher. Wow, that's awesome. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah he I bought just, it with his own money. I just oh. love his thought process on it. It's, it's everything that I needed. Like his whole thing of his conferences of bringing experience of the Holy spirit without weird baggage. Like that was his whole focus. And so I think, I think he's a specific person you should read from if you have that same kind of like Pentecostal hurt, like, yeah, uh, this creeps me out. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, I was actually just talking about that, uh, on Sunday with the, 
Nick, the drummer in Plymouth, um, when he spoke on that, he didn't um, talk about the Holy Spirit. He talked about Holy Spirit. And that, you know, we were talking about that. That kind of changed the way that we look at Holy Spirit to begin with, because it's not a thing. It's not a ghost. It's not a weird thing. Holy Spirit is God, you know, it's it's a person. And I I think um, like that kind of changed my prayer also. If I direct my prayers to Holy Spirit, it just changes the way that I pray. It's, it's a, I don't, I don't know. I actually noticed it even more on Sunday when I, I pray and I just say, Holy Spirit, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever I'm praying. Activate. Activate. Holy Spirit, <laughs> activate. Uh, <laughs> we slid it right in there. Um, it just, it just changes the way that I pray because I think it's kind of, um, you know, it's, it's declaring the existence that Holy Spirit is doing a work. Holy Spirit is my God, my savior, you know? Um, so I love the way that he explained everything. Yeah. I definitely recommend reading books from him. Yeah. I Buckingham. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good books. Um, uh, life in the spirit by George O. Wood. Probably another helpful, mm. other helpful book. So listen, if you're listening to this. Just ask. God, yeah. Hey, if you want to give it to me, I would, I would like to receive it. Yes, sir. That's great. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think if there's any other podcast to listen to. There's surprisingly a lot of people who aren't Pentecostal who talk about praying in tongues. Hmm. Um, so you can. Back when Mark Driscoll was at Mars Hill, he talked about it a lot because he had different staff members who had it and he didn't personally have it. He'd never had it. He, I don't think he's anything he ever asked God for, but he talked about it a lot and he would interview people who had it. Wow. Um, so there's a, a lot of churches like that. You'd be surprised. Honestly, you'd be surprised who, who has it. Um, John Ashcroft, former... Was he attorney? What was he? Secretary of State? He was one of George W.'s big guys. Oh, top okay. guys. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Like wow. They're just all over. You just don't realize, like, all the football players that are filled with the Holy Spirit, just, they're everywhere. Yeah. Wow. But because they're... because They're normal. They're normal. So <laughs> They're not weirdos. Yeah. So anyway, that's that. Love you guys. Love you, church. Holy Spirit.